stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, parliamentarians are debating a motion around the government's invocation of the Federal Emergencies Act. The prime minister declaring in the House today in his comments uh, that it is the only choice at this point, that no other tools are available to the government to deal with the situation, which is a remarkable claim in that, depending on how we're defining, quote, the situation, much of it is already resolved. Like the border blockade at Coots, like the border blockade at Emerson, Manitoba, like the border blockade at Windsor, Ontario. So that claim needs some some further scrutiny. As to the overall claim, though, that this rises to the order of a public order emergency, there's a test here. Has the government met that test? Is the threshold met for invoking this legislation and making use of these emergency powers? Because if not, then we got a problem on our hands, both in terms of the implication right now in the short term and the government implementing this, but also the longer term, too. We worry about a troubling precedent being set and lowering the bar uh, for governments giving themselves these powers. Certainly, the Emergencies Act, as it was written in 1988, is a marked departure from what existed uh, under the War Measures Act. But these are still significant powers. The Canadian Constitution Foundation believes that the threshold has not been met, that we should not normalize the use of this legislation, and as such, they are taking the federal government to court. The legal challenge being launched against the invocation of the Federal Emergencies Act. Joining us on the line is Joanna Barron, Executive Director of the Canadian Constitution Foundation, much more at theccf.ca. Joanna, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Great to be here, Rob. Uh, so in terms of where things stand right now, uh, th- does this need to be voted on first in the House of Commons if this lawsuit is to go anywhere? If Parliament decides not to go down this path, I guess it would all be a moot point then, wouldn't it? Yes. So we do expect that Parliament will vote for it. We know that the NDP has indicated that they will be supporting it. But yes, we will. Uh, the vote will need to come through before we can file in federal court. Um, but we are prepared the second that they do to file. Is it also in this, you know, gets into the technicalities of how these kinds of challenges work. Is is there a need to demonstrate uh, that someone has been harmed, that someone's civil liberties have been violated? What, what is the basis of the claim at this point? So we're bringing a judicial review of political action, which is a different mechanism from a sort of charter challenge. So okay. we're actually just asking the court to review the actions of the executive in invoking the Emergencies Act. Our position is that the legal test and the basic statutory requirements of the act have not been met. So this is a pure public interest judicial review. Don't need to demonstrate any actual harm at this point. Isn't there some judicial review that's baked into the legislation, though? Well, uh, Parliament will need to either review uh, or extend the declaration of the state of emergency within 30 days. I very much hope that it doesn't come to that. And as well, in the legislation, there's a requirement for uh, a public inquiry commission to be held within, I believe, six months. Um, But we're not willing to wait that long. And also, to be frank, we don't trust the government to be fully uh, impartial as the proprietary nature of its own invocation of the Emergencies Act. We would really like to have an independent judge look at this um, and interpret the law, to be honest. This is the first time this act, which is, of course, uh, 
version of the War Measures Act. It's the first time this act has been invoked, invoked in Canadian history. And so what a judge tells us about how to interpret the test when it's properly invoked um, is going to be really important really for generations to come. So in terms of the, the thresholds, uh, the question, we'll, we'll get into the issue of how this could potentially impact Canadians and, and civil liberties. Well, let's talk about the threshold. Uh, you, you're of the belief that the government has not met the thresholds to, to invoke this legislation. Where, where do you see the government's arguments falling short here? So just to walk through it very briefly, so the government has called this a public order emergency and arising from threats to the security of Canada, they have identified that particular threat as relating essentially to the statutory definition of terrorism, its activities um, of serious violence against persons for the purpose of achieving an ideological objective. That is the definition of terrorism in all of our statutory instruments. So we believe that the facts on the ground don't bear that out. Certainly the protests have been unruly, certainly things like blockades on borders, are disconcerting, um, but terrorism, there's not a lot of evidence of violence. Even if they did meet, meet that threshold, though, there's another sort of branch of this test, which says that, um, that the national emergency must not be able to be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. And mm -hmm. this, I think, comes to the nub of things. Uh, Bill Blair was making comments on the weekend that the issue was police not properly enforcing existing laws. The criminal code has every law that you could think of to deal with blocking roadways, um, you know, unruly protests, disruption. Um, so the issue is not that there's no other law in Canada. And I, I don't think that's really beyond dispute, to be honest. When it comes to the implications of using these powers, what are your concerns as to what this could mean for, for civil liberties in Canada, so long as this is in effect? Well, the government has outlined some pretty extraordinary measures that they're going to be taking downstream from this invocation. The financial measures, which allow the government to bypass due process in directing financial institutions to suspend or freeze bank accounts, um, are extraordinary. Um, and that poses a possible problem with Section 8, unreasonable search and seizure. The measures give the ability for the government to prevent any public assembly, to prevent travel from various regions in the country. Um, and so it's not that the charter doesn't apply, but it certainly is the case that law enforcement and government government agents, RCMP, will feel emboldened to take actions that they would not normally feel emboldened to take absent the declaration of a state of emergency. This is all happening pretty fast. So what does this mean for the timeline of, of trying to get this before a judge and, and, and maybe getting some kind of resolution on these questions? Well, we'll be seeking to have the judicial review application heard urgently. We expect to file early next week and ask that the federal court hear it on an urgent basis. Um, and so we, we hope that it will be before the courts as soon as possible, because, of course, time is of the essence. Definitely is. We'll see how it all plays out. In the meantime, more, much more on, on this challenge, if Canadians want to support this as well, theccf.ca. Joanna, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Thanks so much. Much appreciated. Joanna Barron is Executive Director of the Canadian Constitution Foundation. So they want to get this before Judge ASAP. They say there's some important matters that need to be dealt with, and potentially they see some threats to civil liberties uh, being headed off, if indeed a judge sees it as they do.
Your thoughts on what you just heard, your thoughts on, on this ongoing debate, 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.